Hello, come one, come all, to the Pilgrims and the Prodigals podcast. I'm sitting here live with Mr. Nate Better Callridge. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> a very cringy Better Call Saul reference. Yeah? Attempt. Which I haven't watched yet. I heard it was really a good show. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> I just finished Breaking Bad uh, a couple weeks ago, and it was a very good show. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly. It's... it's- fantastic through the lead truly enjoyed it i didn't think i'd like it at first because all the drugs yeah it just seemed like a stupid concept to me but yeah then i watched it guy gets cancer and then decides to be a meth dealer you know it's like like a tv show about like a cancerous teacher is actually interesting yeah yeah it actually was i enjoyed it hey sorry guys we're not going live today um I actually just woke up from a one-hour power nap and just feel like complete poopage. Poopage. One-hour power. One-hour power. And I feel like poopage. I've got my angry orchard pear cider keeping me awake right now. And uh, Nate's had a long day, too. So we just decided, you know what? Let's just keep this personal between us today. And then share our personal conversations with other people. Yeah. And you can't see me, but I'm wearing sunglasses right now inside the studio because I look cool, you know? So, anyways, we've got an interesting day. Hey, I want to thank everyone for getting onto the live stream the other day, everyone who was. Uh, we really appreciated it. Um, if you haven't checked it out yet, I would encourage you to go to the page, watch maybe just a little bit. Actually, I mean, honestly, you don't even need to if you've already listened to the episode, but... Um, I'm going to post in advance next time we do stream it, which will probably be like the next podcast we do. And uh, yeah, feel free to hop on with that. Um, I do want to ask in advance too, though. Um, anyone who enjoys this podcast and is getting anything uh, insightful from it and kind of spiritual inclination or whatever, I don't know. If, if you just, and maybe you just enjoy listening to us maybe ramble. You just think we're sexy and want to. I know I do have a pretty sexy voice, so yeah. you yeah. have a good radio face. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether it's a compliment or yeah, yeah, you know. it depends how you look at it. <laughs> but anyways, I would encourage anyone who is uh, you know getting kind of any kind of insight or just enjoys a show. It would really, really help us a lot if you could just click on over to iTunes. Even if you listen on Android, you can just go to iTunes.com, look up the podcast, give us a rate and a review. That really helps us out because that puts us um, in front of a larger audience and, you know, hoping someday to get picked up by, I don't know, uh, station or something like that. I think it'd be really cool to get some sponsors and be able to pump out more content and to... Um, have more time to put more research into things and get more um, interesting episodes knocked out. But either way, it it would be really cool if, uh, you know, if you enjoy the show to shoot over to iTunes, whether, you know, you're on iPhone or if you're not, just head on over to iTunes.com and just give us a rate and review and be as honest and candid as you want to be. If you don't like us... But only five stars. Only five stars. (laughs) So... Be as honest as you can inside of that kind of radius. So, anyways, we've got a fun show today. I don't know what Nate wants to talk about, but uh, 
nothing really in particular. I have just a couple small things, I guess, but nothing off the top of my head that would be something we would probably carry on about forever. Okay. So, so it might be kind of a shorter episode today, but... Eh, maybe, or we can just see where it takes us. Yeah, for sure. Might find ourselves floating on a cloud up to mm. some nice place and just want to chill there for a while. We'll see. We'll see. That's what I like. Wait, did you bring a little something more than beer then? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds nice, but no. Oh, man. Yeah, so uh, I've had a pretty interesting day. I guess I'll kind of jump into to my thing at first. So, um, did you see my post that I made today? Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, I don't know, man. Just something I've been thinking about lately, and uh, I don't know. I just thought it. Would, I feel like I've been, I've been having a good week, man. I feel like I've almost like been getting a lot of like healing from uh, just everything that's happened. I feel like I'm finally in a spot where um, I just feel like I'm starting to move forward from everything. I don't know how else to put it. But um, I made this post today. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm saying um like every other word. But I made this post today and it is essentially like I, on my ride to work today, I was thinking to myself to like, like, why do I still believe in God? Like, essentially, I should not be a believer at all. Um, my exact words were I said, by all standards, I shouldn't believe anymore. Um, all the men of God I used to follow have renounced me. The church I used to attend, attend shunned me. So what keeps me here? What keeps me going? I've literally challenged and questioned everything I believe in down to God himself. And I was thinking about that today. And uh, as I was driving to work, and I think it's because, like, I have experienced what I genuinely believe to be the truth of existence and the reason why I'm here, um, which is a relationship with, with Jesus, and just through this past couple years, I've come to realize that he is bigger than like, you know, all the joy or the pain. He's bigger than, you know, every positive and negative that could happen in my life. And honestly, when I think about it, there's no way I could ever refute God. I could walk away from God and choose not to follow him, but that wouldn't make him any less real in my mind, I think. But where I'm at right now is like I've I had this epiphany today <laughs> um, where I was I've been praying like for God to open my eyes and to to show me the truth, show me what's going on with all of this, um, with all my searching, with all my trying to get all these answers. I'm sorry, guys, I've got kind of a runny nose today, so just look past that. But I've been praying for all these answers, for all these questions about who God is, what this is, what that isn't, what are his ways, what what aren't. And I've been praying for God to open my eyes. And then I guess in a very cliche way, I kind of realized today I'm going to ride to work. Like, dude, my eyes have already been opened. Like, like I know who God is. What I need is for him to just help me see everything that's around me because I'm look, I th almost like I'm looking for answers that are right in front of me. And I think I've come to the realization, like I don't have all the answers for everything. 
And I don't think I'm ever going to have all the answers to everything because um, what did Ryan say? He said, uh, a God that you can fit in your eight-brown brain is probably not a God you should be following at all. And, and I I agree that I st- I'd still want to find out, you know, like how church should properly function and stuff like that. But all like these deep spiritual questions that um, people go back and forth on. I mean, these are things that philosophers and theologians have been trying to figure out for for centuries, and we're, they're still no closer to a solid answer than they were back in Pilates days. You know what I'm saying? So, I guess where I'm at right now is I'm okay with not knowing. Now, if God still wants to dump some knowledge you've on been me... saying that for months. Yeah, but I... You're okay with not knowing everything, you know? I feel like I'm at a, a spot where I'm really accepting accepting of that though gotcha. because i've been saying it but then i've still been like i gotta know otherwise i don't think i can believe in god anymore gotcha but where i'm at right now is there's no way i cannot believe in god i don't know yeah i mean in that in regards to your last statement i definitely agree um i mean i throughout this whole journey that i've been on you know, one thing that I just have not been able to, even with a very open mind and even even looking for reasons, you know, throwing myself on the opposite side of things, you know, and looking at other viewpoints, you know, trying to find ways to debunk the existence of a God. Not because that's what I want, but just to see if it has any merit and to see if it holds up, you know. And that's just one thing that I can't bring myself to do, Um both because I love the experiences I've had and the relationship that I've had with God that I feel, and I don't want to give that up. But also, just I don't I don't see a logical basis for it. Um, you know, I, I just I don't see I, I do see reasons why I may not believe in God the same way that I have, but to not believe in God at all. Um, is just a place that I, I really don't feel like if I haven't if I haven't come to that conclusion by now I don't feel like I'm going to um, because similar yeah. to Keith you know I've I've been in a place where I've been you know even laying down my certainty and whether or not God exists on the block as well you know yeah yeah um, so yeah man well that's good Keith I mean um, just to hear that you're not plateauing, you know, and that you're moving forward or backward, you know what I mean? Just just the fact that you're that you're moving and you're taking things seriously and continuing to not just be okay with the status quo of where your life is. I think that's good for anybody, you know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know. I think I'm in a pretty good spot. So I mean it's pretty much the only thing that's been going on in my life. Um Really nothing interesting here. Haven't really been thinking about anything deep or spiritual recently. You just texted me and wanted a podcast today, so I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. Actually, you texted me today. Oh, did I? You did, actually, yeah. Oh, well. But I was happy to, re- uh, I was happy to reply <laughs> with the, yes, sir, thank you, sir. <laughs> I'm old Greg. I don't get it. Do, do you love me? It's a, pretty sure it's a Monty Python reference. Okay. No shame in that. I'll show you later. It's pretty funny. It's kind of creepy. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Imagine Gollum. 
<laughs> wearing a tutu and hitting on a middle-aged man. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> With like an underground home that he lives in. It's like a cave that's got a bar in it. Okay. That's all self-serve. <laughs> I feel like I need to watch this. It's pretty awesome. And they, they end up dancing. He's got, like, disco balls and stuff. I mean, I've seen the Holy Grail. I haven't seen any of the other ones, though. Holy Grail is definitely the best one. But there's select moments of those other ones that are great, too. Yeah. I mean, if you haven't seen Holy Grail, like, you're obviously not an American <laughs> or a person. I got so. better. Anyway. Yeah. So that's uh, that's pretty much it for me. I haven't really had anything going on. Just that kind of uh, thought this morning of mine and had a lot of good responses to that on my own personal page. I didn't post any of that to the Pilgrims and Prodigals or anything, but... Yeah, I actually just saw that post right before we started this. Keith was wrapping up a game on Smite. And I was just scrolling Facebook and I saw his post and read it. Yeah, buddy. So... I kind of knew what he was com- probably going to say based on that. Um, that's great. Um, similarly, I mean, I've been thinking a lot, uh, as as usual, um, about this stuff. And um, Are you at a... Go for it. Go for it. Can I bring me. something up? Yeah. Okay, so... Um... Anyways, uh, have you seen anything about uh, Stephen Hawkins dying? I mean, I saw that he died, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I talked to Ben about this a little bit, but either it was Ben or Ryan, I can't remember. But the way people are, specifically Christians, are reacting to his death, don't you find it kind of, like, morbid or, like, demoralizing to Christianity? I've really not seen anyone's responses i've just seen like dude it's ludicrous like the way all some i've seen is just like you know it's like people end, like posts just have his face and it's like the end of a great mind things like that no, it's nothing i mean crazy. nothing yeah, I, like disrespectful that i've seen i mean that's 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 what you're gonna find from like a i guess like a mainstream news source or like a liberal moon news source not that it's bad I'd probably more correlate myself with a liberal than a conservative these days. But um, specifically, I've I've been watching just on Facebook about, and I won't throw anyone's name out there specifically, but about like how some Christians are responding to his passing. Like, I hope his faith was enough to get him wherever he thought he was going. Or like some people were literally like... Yeah, it's a little absurd. Yeah, there were some Christians who were literally saying that this world is going to be better without him. Like, wow. people there. People were almost, like, celebrating the fact that this guy died. I don't care who he was. I don't care whether you thought he was a genius or the worst thing that's ever happened to mankind. Like, he was a human being. Yeah. And he is dead. Yeah. And, he, and he, I'll, be, he I'll d- be completely honest with you. I know crap about him. All I know is he was super smart and... Many people consider him to be one of the biggest geniuses, if not the biggest genius that is currently living today, or was until like a week ago or whatever. But yeah. 
I honestly have no idea what his contributions have been. I don't. I couldn't tell you a single one. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> so I really have nothing to say. I mean, I'm assuming that he was not a Christian. I'm assuming that he was not. No, he was an avid atheist. Okay. Yeah, I, and I that's, have no clue. Yeah, that's why there are so many Christians that are almost rejoicing well, <laughs> over I'll his death, this. it seems like. And it's kind of... I'll, I'll say this. It's sad. To, to say that anyone dying that was that had a huge following or whatever a huge like fan base to to say that them dying is going to leave the earth in in a better condition or whatever i i think even if you're gonna believe that um he is like a horrible person you know the fact that he was so influential and then dies almost at least for a certain period of time, makes him more influential. Um, because it has kind of that, like, martyrdom effect where somebody gets assassinated or killed or whatever, and the people that believe in them get riled up all the more. You know what I mean? So I feel like anytime anyone dies that's of influence, it becomes this huge deal and brings even more emphasis to them. At yeah. least for a little while. And they have a legacy. And so it's just, he's all he's doing is passing the baton of what he knew and believed to those who will agree with him. So I wouldn't say that the world, even if he was a terrible person, which I don't assume that he was, him dying is literally just him passing the baton to somebody else that's just going to be like him. Maybe not with the same IQ, (laughs) but they're going to believe and say the same things he does. Yeah, I'm actually looking up right now how some mainstream Christian guys like Franklin Graham, Ken Ham, uh, I think Ray Comfort was thrown into this boat. People people reacting to Stephen Hawking's death. Okay, so... The last two people... Some renowned evangelists are using Hawking's passing as an opportunity to share with others why they disagreed with his stance on faith and God. Okay, so let's let's look at this. All right, Franklin Graham. I wish I could have asked Mr. Hawking, Hawking who he thought designed the human brain. Okay, even though he was alive for 76 years, you couldn't ask him that? Okay, I mean, no, no speculation there. But the designers at HP, Appledale, and blah, blah, blah have developed... Amazing computers, but none come even close to the amazing capability of the human mind. Why do you think, who do you think designed the human brain? The master designer God himself, Franklin wrote, I wish Stephen Hawking could have seen the simple truth that God is the creator of the universe. He loved to study and everything in it. Yeah. The evangelist then quoted Nehemiah 9.6, which says, you alone are the Lord. You have made the heavens, the heavens, the heaven of heavens, which all their hosts the earth and all that is on the seas and all that is in them. You give them life and blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, that one wasn't too bad. He was kind of just like, well, I wish I would have asked him who he thought created the human mind. I mean, probably not the best time to like throw that out there maybe, but yeah, the timing is definitely terrible. Yeah, but he didn't at the very least. Franklin Graham didn't say anything too bad. So that's the son of Billy Graham, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's an avid Trump supporter, too. Which is interesting, because 
if I'm not mistaken, Billy Graham just passed away not long ago as well. Yeah. 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 A few weeks ago, that was really sad too. Yeah. I saw. I found out. We've about- lost a lot of great men this year. No joke, oh my man. Goodness. Um, I found out about that uh, driving back to work from a job one day. I drove by a uh, one of those electronic billboards, uh-huh. and it had a quick commemoration as I was driving by to Billy Graham, and it said the date, and it was actually the day he died that they put it up. And uh, all it was was just his face and then the date of his birth and the date of his death. Okay. So that's all I needed to know. I was like, dang, he died today. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, so then Ken Ham said... Oh, gosh, here we go. A reminder, death comes to all. Doesn't matter how famous or not in this world, all will die and face the God who created us and stepped into history in the person of Jesus Christ to die and be raised to offer a free gift of salvation to all who receive it. Okay, so he just essentially used his death to preach the gospel, uh, which, again, isn't too offensive, kind of misplaced like the last one, but it's like, hey, Stephen Hawking died. You know what? Let's mention the uh, death and resurrection of Christ real quick. That makes sense. I mean, I guess whenever whenever anybody dies, I mean, it's, I don't know. Maybe if you... it, it's fair to say that none of this is unusual. Yeah, it's it's not uh, it's not it unusual. Doesn't make it any more condoling. You know what I mean? Like, well, I think too, out of respect, even if even if um, I was like a mainstream Christian evangelist, out of respect for someone else, like if I knew I was talking about someone who didn't believe, I probably wouldn't be all. Well, God could have saved them, and we should all take this time to think about our souls because I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're in the camp that believes in hell, and you're like this person was, you know, more, upward of a ninety nine percent chance that they were not saved according to traditional Christian doctrine, let's take the week after they die to hammer it in the ground so that their whole family and all their loved ones can just see repeatedly how much of a probable chance their loved one is damned. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, like, you're just, just... You're putting condemnation on something that doesn't need to be there. At, so. at, the, yeah, at the very least, it's bad timing. Yeah. yeah. So I haven't heard anything too terrible yet, but I have, like, I've seen um, less notable people's responses on Facebook and stuff like that, and those comments were definitely a lot worse than... Uh, Christopher Binnick, pastor and leading clergy expert on artificial intelligence and global emerging tech and theology. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> okay, let, let me read this title how many, again. How many? Uh, how many words are in that guy's job description? <laughs> okay, pastor and leading clergy expert on AI and global emerging tech and theology. It's like ten-ish words. You Those things don't fast, even but... go together. Global emerging, uh, I guess AI could be branched into there. That's crazy, dude. That's crazy. Committed to the British scientist for his advances. Okay, so this guy's pretty cool. He said, Stephen Hawking will definitely be missed. He was one of the great minds in human history, but Hawking wasn't right about everything. His perpetuation of escapism, theology, and culture was based in fear, not in love, redemption, and renewal. Um, I'm not sure what escapism theology is, but um, he seemed to revere Stephen Hawking a little bit. 
I like to study that and figure out what escapism theology is mm. and what exactly he was perpetuating, but... Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, do you think... Yeah, yeah, no, 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 escapism theology, um, like avoiding hell. Yeah, 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 because hell, and that's like the fe- where the fear of hell would be. That that was kind of... I'm, I'm thinking that's that's what he's saying, is Stephen Hawking's view of God was this escapism theology where... You get good with God, you escape hellfire and brimstone. Therefore, um, that is based out out of a culture of fear and not in love and redemption. Is what that it was what this guy's saying. So I don't know. Okay, I don't know much guess, about I what Stephen Hawking believed. If I'm being believed. real here, though, is that any different than a large percentage of Christians? What do you mean? Don't most Christians follow an escapism theology? Yeah, I'd say probably at least a third of Christians you know. believe in that. I don't I don't necessarily believe in any eternal conscious torment anymore, at least to where I'm at. I don't see how it could be justified. Um I'm so honestly, I'm I'm definitely not in that escapism theology camp. But yeah, I, I don't know. I'm in a I'm in a place where I'm just very open minded about it all. Yeah. I know what I want to believe, but I don't want to ever base a belief system for my life off of what feels good or looks good, you know? Exactly. Um, I want to base it off of hope, but reality and logic as well, and experiences that point me toward truth, not just things that feel good. And obviously not saying that's what you're doing, but it would be easy for me, I'm just totally introspecting here, mm-hmm. it, is, it is easy for me to be like, yeah, I don't see this as being justified. I don't want to accept that anyone yeah. that's ever walked the face of the earth would have to go through that. Even if they were stereotypically the worst person in all of history, I don't see how that, from a certain perspective, is is merited. But like you said, our eight-pound brains aren't maybe able to accept or understand that. So I I'm guess I'm in a place similar to you, Keith, where it's like I'm I'm okay not knowing, and I'm sure I never will know in this life the truths um, or mm-hmm. the lies in it, you know about hell and heaven. Um, but I can be hopeful, and I can yep. focus on things that maybe that matter a little bit more than that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm definitely at a place where I'm not saying that there's no way that the eternal conscious torment could exist, because you definitely see what seems to be hints of it in the Bible, but then also you can see things that kind of hint towards other things. So really, I just need to dig into it and figure out um, like what is right, because obviously the Bible can't be hinting at two different kinds of hell. So Well, I, I might beg to look at that from a little different perspective. I think um, there is, I don't even know if it necessarily seems contradictory, but I just think there's, there may be more facets to hell than that most people put on it. And I'm not, I'm not saying that in like I believe in Dante's Inferno, nine rings of hell type thing, but I am saying that like, there's a reason why the Sadducees, didn't believe in an afterlife. And frankly, it's because the Old Testament speaks very little 
about any afterlife. And especially when it talks about um, Sheol or the grave, it's a very vague term for um, death for anybody, but especially those that aren't righteous. So it doesn't necessarily say that it's anything more than annihilation. Yeah. Um, when you look at most Old Testament uh, descriptions of hell um, or yeah. the lack thereof, you know, basically life after death, we see actually way more descriptive uh, things about hell and unrighteous afterlife in the New Testament, um, which for a yeah. lot of people would be more reason to believe in hell as conscious torment because a, a lot of what the New Testament preaches is that. But is it only that? Or is it eternally that? Or is it only that for some people? You know, like it's very clear if we're to take Revelation literal that Satan and the false prophet, etc., will be thrown into an abyss that is never-ending forever and ever. You know, so if that is to be taken literally, then certain spirits, at the very least, will be tormented forever. <clears throat> yeah. You know. I think... But does that include everyone that didn't know Jesus? Exactly. Yeah. My thing is, when we're talking about hell, it's not something that any one man is 100% sure of. You're talking about right. something that is going to occur after death, something that none of us ha have experienced. And well, we assume that, but there are those that claim to have experienced it. Yeah, there are those, but I mean, that's all, that's all hearsay. I mean, I can't, right. I'm not going to, I can't attest to that myself. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I haven't seen it, I'm not, especially when you're talking about something like that. So my thing yeah. is like, I don't want to put that kind of weight on an individual when it's something that I cannot be 100% sure of myself. So when we're talking about like an eternal conscious torment and that particular phrasing, I do believe that after death, I mean, the Bible is pretty clear that there's going to be a judgment day, that there's going to be those who are with God and those that are separated from God. Um, what that's going to look like, I don't know. And I don't, all I know is I don't want to be on the wrong side of that. Not because, not out of fear. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not fearing the flames of hell whipping at my heels. I'm fearing an eternity separated from the God that I love because I do believe Him to be real, and I, I felt the most genuine love, the most genuine uh, just acceptance and wholeness, and I feel like more fulfilled in my life than I've ever felt those moments that, I, that I'm close to God and with God. So to picture eternity separated from that, whatever it looks like, that's not something I want. So that's kind of like yeah. where, I, where I base my uh, longing for eternity based off of, not, you know, well, I don't want to burn for eternity. Right. So when we come yeah. down to escapism theology, I'm don't, I don't think that's a viable yeah. option. I mean, I think, I think I would be a liar to say that I don't have those moments in seeking and searching truth and God and trying to figure these things out. I, I would be a liar to say that there aren't times, days, hours where I lean more, whether I mean to or not, on if there is afterlife, I 
don't want to find myself in hell. <laughs> you know, there are definitely those yeah. moments where it is hard as a human not to dwell on things, you know, like that. But maybe that's also right now because I'm in a place where I have kind of put God on the chopping block and I, I am testing the foundations of my relationship with him. And um, so I guess my intimacy with God right now isn't what it could be or can be, assuming that he's real and he is who I've worshipped in the past. So, you know, because I know there there have been times in my in my life where I've been way more focused on spending eternity with God rather than escaping hell. I wouldn't really say that I'm in a place right now where I'm like completely on board with either of those things in the traditional sense of the Christian definition. Like where I'm at is whatever truth is. I want to know it and I want to follow it. I want to obey it as long as it is moral and good and pure and holy and by hope and by faith i believe that god is that so i want to know that and experience that and i'm just not really focusing on the fact that there may be a hell right now um i mean there's there's days when i can't help but focus on it but when i'm being honest with myself i just don't know jack crap about whether or not it is there and, and real and I'm I trying just, to find the definition now for escapism theology, but yeah. all I can find are these huge articles that I don't feel like reading through. Sure, sure. Oh, no, I'm being kind of long-winded with this. I'm just saying, like, I, I'm in a place right now where I, I just, I don't think that my knowing what the afterlife consists of right now is is my first goal. Um, yeah. I feel like, you know, I know that those are dangerous words, I feel like, but I mean it makes sense to me based on everything I've experienced and learned and thought about that, you know, your actions and your heart in this life, if there is an afterlife, you know, it's going to carry over, you know, um, if there is a judgment. So, um, and that's, that's not just a Christian theology, that's, you know, Hindu and stuff like that, you know, if we're talking about reincarnation and karma and so on and so forth. So I guess I'm just trying to figure out life on earth and what spirituality really should look like here and now and blending every part of my life together to create a healthy and pure person so that as I'm pursuing this truth, I can find... I can find it. Um, yeah. There's, I guess I guess I'm just... I'm glad to hear that you're finding some roots in your faith. I got no roots because I'm not home. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad to hear that. Um, yeah. But... Well, thank you, good sir. I... I guess I'm in a place where my roots are still digging down deep and searching for water, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I feel like where, where I don't find water, I'm lifting my little tree legs and I'm sticking it a few feet away and seeing if there's water down there, you know? Um, yeah. And I'm not, you know, 100%. You know how I am. Yeah. 
I'm I'm never a hundred percent. Yeah, I don't think at this point we're ever going to be totally certain about anything. I mean, I say it all the time on this podcast, man. I what I believe today isn't even necessarily what I'm going to believe tomorrow. But so I'm looking yeah. up a little bit about escapism, and uh, it's weird because you see a lot of uh, I don't know. Escapism is kind of scary to me because I see it related in a lot of like cults and stuff like that, like. And just and, – and even in Christianity, you see it like, all right, the world's going to be destroyed one day. All the unbelievers are going to burn and die. But those define, – Define cult again real quick. What what was it you guys said, you and Ryan? Uh, well, if you're talking Deviating about – from Yeah, the, yeah. If you're talking about a Christian cult, it's just a deviation from – From – was it the one scripture, the one – Like foundation. Or whatever it was. Yeah. Deviating from that. Yeah, the solo scriptura. Solo scriptura, or yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, so just escapism in general, not necessarily in Christianity, but I've all, I've always found, found that kind of strange and something that still kind of throws me off about religion in general and almost makes me think that, you know, my life might be easier without all of it because you have the, with every religion or cult or anything, you have like the chosen few and then all the other non-believers burn. And they die, whether that's the eternal hell or they just burn up and are killed or just die in a flood or... We'll shoot you if you ever leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's it's just weird how escapism and destruction work hand in hand. And I don't know. It's I guess it's kind of like one of the turnoffs of religion for me. Like, okay, so I'm good, but because... My neighbor, who is like a super nice person, would give me the shirt off his back because he doesn't believe in the same God that I believe in. He doesn't get the same privilege I do. I don't know. Just that whole escapism mindset and you have to be separated from the unbeliever. And look, we have to say that that exists in Christianity as as much as um, as little as as we preach it on this podcast or whatever, that's when you go to any church, you'll hear even subtle hints of that or of like, we're different than the world. We've got a message to bring to the world. We've got to be in the world, but not of the world. And that's scriptural. Um, it's this uh, kind of like separation mentality of like, we are different and almost like we are better. It feels like, like we have this eternal hope that nobody else has, not even other religions have. And I don't know. I guess to me that's a little bit of a turnoff. Like, that's, def- that's definitely a turnoff for me. I mean, I guess for me... It is escapism. I guess, like, I I, I'm, I want to be really careful with this because I, I full-heartedly recognize the danger in this. But, again, I just want to be honest. Like, where I'm at right now with religion... And again, I've been really looking at religion like more from like a broad sense than just Christianity lately. One of the big problems I have with, you know, I don't want to say organized religion, but I it might be the best term, like is just that there seems to be arrogance in every corner of faithful people like it doesn't matter if i'm looking at 
you know, Hindu or some Christian cult or Luciferianism, which I've not been looking at for my own use, but just to understand it. And Christianity, like, there's an extreme amount of, like, seemingly heartless arrogance that comes out, even if it's very subtle. You can just see it. You can just sense it in what they're saying. And, man, I just... I'm so sickened by that, and I mm-hmm. I really, like, I've always been against that. Like, even when I was, like, so hardcore in the Christian camp, one of the things that kept me from going deeper in leadership at Living Water, for instance, was the fact that it was just this, this even if we were right, which I don't think we were looking back on a lot of things, but at yeah. the time I thought we were right, yet I didn't agree with how we communicated it sometimes. So it's like I would feel kind of like I could take on more leadership and do more things for God and to help my buddies out at church. But it's just like, I couldn't, I didn't always feel right doing it. Like, you know, I'm going to mention this because Keith can relate. It's like, there were times when I thought about auditioning for the worship team. And oh, I, I tried so hard to get you on the worship <laughs> team. Yeah, I know you did. And, and you were one <laughs> Come of Come on, bro. Like, God's, you got a calling. You've got a I know, gift. I know, and that was that was one of that was one of the big reasons why I I did periodically consider it was because it's like Cause I me. I want to help mm. you fulfill your calling. Yeah, you know? bro. Because um, whether I feel like I'm called to it or not, it's like if I have the ability to help you, why, I mean, I'd like to do that. We're friends anyway, you know. Yeah. But the way that it was being run and operated, I didn't feel like. Even, and you were able even, to see that, even if they, even if they said that I fit the mold, which I didn't get that impression. But even if they had said that, I just didn't feel in myself that it was the right fit. Yeah, because of the because of the vibe, because of the not of the music, but necessarily, but just of the the, the individual people. I mean, it, and, and again, it wasn't everybody. Yeah, I could. I feel like I could see through many of them, but that's just like, man, there's just something missing to it. And I'm not saying I would have done yeah. it better, but maybe that's exactly why I didn't join, was I didn't want to be part of the problem. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. I don't know, man. <sighs> but uh, I'm looking at just more definitions on this. Uh, I know I keep going back to this escapism thing, but because I've honestly never looked into that, but I'm I'm in here on like Wikipedia, different theological websites actually looking into this. It's actually some really interesting stuff, man. Um, this guy on here, he's a, um, a psychologist, and he's talking about it. Um, uh, there's this guy named Theodore Theodore Fontaine. I guess he was some kind of psychologist or something. But they um, they correlate this escapism as kind of like um, a fantasy, uh, like a necessary fantasy element of the human life almost. I mean, honestly, when you look at it, like literally what it sounds like an escape from reality. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. So I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Um, there's this guy named Frude. What was his name? Okay, I'm going to do more more research on this. Uh, his, his last name was Frude. He was some kind of psychologist. Um, it says, Frude considered a quota of escapism fantasy a necessary element in the life of humans. They cannot, they cannot subsist 
of the scanty satisfaction they can extort from reality. We simply cannot do without auxiliary constructions. Theodore Fontaine once said, His followers saw rest and wish fulfillment in small measures as useful tools in adjusting to a traumatic upset, while later psychologists have highlighted the role of vicarious distractions in shifting unwanted moods, especially anger and sadness. So um, it's almost like when people are dealing like with a tough time in their life or like an extreme sadness or anger or something, they use this kind of escapism fantasy as like a way to avoid reality yeah avoid to a way to avoid the existential crisis that is going on in their i can see it particular life so i can see how that would almost translate um in a spiritual way too like well we, yeah that's exactly what i'm it, saying yeah yeah it, it is the escape it yeah. is the, it's the ultimate escape i mean yeah hey the whole rest of existence you know the crappy one that you can't deal with yeah it's all gonna burn but lucky you you're gonna be safe yeah, <laughs> it's that's what I mean, religion, honestly, and I don't want to sound too negative about it. But when you look at it's it from an outside scope, terribly convenient, it's escapism to the extreme. Yeah, <laughs> no, and that's that's something I've really been thinking about, too. It's just like, yeah, a big, a big hurdle trying to do without the constructs of the auxiliary constructs. Yeah, like a, yeah. a big hurdle for me looking back on my life. And trying to put my finger on what's real and what's not, what is true and what's fabricated, you know, both my own doing and the teachings of others. You know, I'm just kind of trying, if my life is a, a big messed up knot, like rat's nest of just like rope and cable and stuff, I'm just trying to like untie this knot. And I know that it's going to be kinked up once I get it undone, but... If I can just get the knot undone, I can maybe see what happened, you know? Yeah. Maybe there was a knot that was intended to be there, and I can retie it if I need to, but I just feel like I totally screwed up my knot <laughs> somewhere along the line, and it's like what was a big part of my life that would go in with, you know, this escapism theology making sense is like my mother died. Up until that point, I had... A little bit of interest in Christianity, but it was pretty, um, you know, pretty external and like based upon what I was being taught in school and church and in the home. Yeah. Um, but I started to really consider things and take interest in spiritual things when my mother died. And I've had the same thoughts of, of what this theory teaches is like looking back on kind of the beginning of my spiritual walk being around the time she died. How much of that was me trying to cope with the pain? How much of that was yeah. me trying to find an escape and put meaning to something that otherwise seemed pointless and cruel? You know, um, was I finding strength in Jesus just to overcome the weakness of my own, you know, personal mourning, you know? And yeah. how much of that, you know, of those crazy weird experiences that I was experiencing during that time were 
based on truth or were complete truth or were complete bullcrap. I mean, I, I don't, looking back, it's been literally been half of my life, over half my life since that happened. Yeah. So trying to figure out and, you know, where I went wrong and made things bigger than they were or, or whatever. I, I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm really struggling with that. Cause some of the, some of the things that when I would give my testimony as a Christian, you know, it, it says, you know, always be ready at a moment's notice to give, you know, a testimony of your life and your faith. You know, I took that seriously. And, and something I always talked about was the supernatural experiences I had after my mom died. And now that I'm reanalyzing those things years, you know, years later, I'm beginning to realize that the actual memories that I have of these things may not even be real. Yeah. Like literally, they may not even be real. They may be a figment of my imagination. They could be dreams that I've had. They could be based on a little bit of something that for the sake of my witness, I blew way out of proportion to give God a bigger name. Well, the thing is with escapism too, not saying this is what happened, Yeah. but um, what it's talking about here is as an example of escapism was during the Great Depression uh, when the stock markets crashed in 1929 through whatever, um, it's talking about how people used movies, television, distractions as kind of like an escapism from the reality they were in. Yeah. And we can kind of create the same thing in Christianity. We want to, we create an ulterior design, an ulterior, I had a hair in my mouth. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. How'd that get there, Keith? <laughs> Uh, we, he's saying that some people create an ulterior reality almost yeah. as a way to, or line of events to escape what's actually happened or what's actually going on in their life. Yeah. So my thinking is, could religion, um, in general, and you know, this is something that's still on the table for me. It's not something I'm completely over. You know, I'm still, I'm at the place where, you know, I, de I believe in God I don't want to have all the answers for everything, but I definitely need God to make sense to me at the same time. I'm still at the point where he's, yeah, that, he's exactly. still, That's, I've got, yeah. I'm getting roots, but God is still on the chopping block, even though I have like, say what happened today gives me more of a perseverance to believe in him. I'm still yeah. questioning everything. So through this example, I mean, it makes me think like, I don't know. Do you think life would be better if we were to just say life's full of tough shit and we got to deal with it and get over it? Because if we're looking at the escapism type theory where, you know, whenever something hard happens or whenever we don't want to deal with life, we just create an ulterior reality uh, or some other line of events that could have caused this to happen or uh, talking about the Great Depression where we people would go to the movies and listen to radio as a way to escape from what was actually going on around them. Do you think lives could have been better um, and theirs, yours, mine, wh whatever it is, whoever it is, do you think life could have been better if we could just face the reality that we live in? And deal with it subsequently? Yeah. I, it's a multifaceted answer, I think, because you have vast differences in how people are applying this concept in their life based upon what they're dealing with, 
in their well there are because there's there i think there's good aspects that even if this is true and people are fabricating things there are good aspects that people bring out of the hope that's in their heart to maybe fabricate things that inspire hope and inspire healing and stuff and so i would say that from a certain perspective that is good and that is helpful but in the opposite side people in you know look at the school shootings recently you know like maybe these kids have been dealing with bullying and stuff like this so much that their escape from reality is to create what they feel like is you know a motive based on some kind of a higher understanding that they have almost becomes a religion to the point where they believe in it so much that they go on a killing spree mm-hmm. you know so i mean it i i think that people can fabricate depth to life for good or for bad and you know video games you know a lot of people just escape to video games so quickly and just pound down the... oh that's a big f- philosophical view of escapism i mean Modern day video games. I mean, yeah. What do teenagers do these days? Yeah, they they, they go to school, yeah. come home, play video games all day long. Exactly. They and never I've... hang out with people. They don't have real friends. Yeah. Most of the friends they have are people they talk to online that may live half a world away and they've totally. never seen in their life. This and this is something that's. I mean, I I I had never put escapism theology, you know, to to define that, but I've understood yeah. this for a long time. You know, I have friends <clears throat> no i'm just kidding keith it's joking. I'm joking. um <laughs> dude i play a shitload of video games you but, do, but, but look i'm hanging out with you right now yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm not necessarily and i'm hanging out with escape. you guys listening but it may okay? be it may be if there is there's no judgment i'm just i'm just saying like yeah. I've, I've i've used video games in, as an escape before myself too mm. and i and i to to some degree i still do i mean i still play games i mean i think we'd be lying if it's not some kind of an escape you know it it, it, it at least is a fun distraction you know stress reliever it's a stress reliever yeah which a lot of things, it's an escape. A lot of things are stress relievers. Cigarettes are stress relievers. It doesn't mean yeah. they're healthy. You know, I'm not anti video games, but I'm I, I still play video games. I'm just saying that like there are certain people in particular that I know that do it so much, and it's their it's really their only recreation. Like there's nothing else that they ever do outside of responsibilities that they have to get done to unwind or live their life. You know. Yeah. Well, the actual definition for escapism is the avoidance of unple- unpleasant, boring, arduous, scary, banal aspects of life. It can also be used as a term to define the actions people take to help relieve persisting feelings of depression or general sadness. Yeah. Hey, I got that hair out of my mouth. Yeah, which it, I think, you know, a, a lot of like, look at, you know, it. I, I'm sure there's people like this listening. So don't take offense to this. I'm, I'm just trying to make a point but like your stereotypical nerd or geek in school he may be a very he or she may be a very smart person but because they are kind of outcast from friend groups in school a lot of the time you know they may get picked on bullied or whatever like sometimes their only escape is video games Mm -hmm. so i think there's there's a there's a very legitimate reason why nerdy kids tend to be kids that play a ton of video games you know um yeah what else are they gonna do people aren't asking them to go to the dance you know what i mean people aren't so they're asking them to go to shows or whatever the movies so i mean that's a way we could if we were to face that reality we could uh 
feel like I'm using the word subsequently a lot today. <laughs> we could, at the same rate, uh, kind of relieve that, that escapism, which ultimately, I mean, for someone who doesn't have faith or religion, the ultimate escape, if your distractions don't work, is either suicide or, you know, you have these kids who want to go in and, you know, shoot up a school or something like that, which I'm, I'm not yeah. like those horrible people because they're going through some tough shit. And if they would have had someone there helping them deal with it, maybe things could have been better. Maybe if we didn't live in a culture that was so hindered toward escapism, whether it's religious or, uh, you know, electronical or, you know, cyber or whatever it is. I mean, whatever kind of entertainment that gets you by. Yeah, you know, they get you by the boredom and the. It's all distraction. It's all distraction from how boring we feel life can be. And I'm not saying life can't be boring. Obviously, it can be, but there's a lot that we can do. I mean, I have my own escapes. You know, I go fishing, I go hunting, I go camping, trapping. You know, that kind of thing. It's good in moderation. Everyone needs it's, it. Yeah, I mean, everybody needs an escape from the nine to five and all the boring crap but there are certain hobbies that are more productive than others there are certain hobbies that are more aligned with i feel the way we're intended to live as humans as a creature as a as a being like i again i have nothing against video games but i feel like it's a much more natural and intended part of life to be gardening you know what i mean or yeah. to, to be hiking or meditating in nature or catching a fish you know what i mean like i feel like those are things that if we lived in more of a natural human existence more of a primitive existence those are things that aren't just potentially an escape for us and entertaining but those are also means by which we survive so i mean those are the things i gravitate toward and i'm not trying to toot my horn but i'm just saying like i find a great deal of satisfaction to the point where in those things where i play most video games and i'm like this is just a waste of time and garbage to me like there are, there are the select few video games that i get into because when i weigh it against my other hobbies i'm like dude i get way more high on life when i catch a 41 pound beaver you know what i mean that's cool yeah <laughs> like cool i i too. get way more high on life when i do that than when i freaking like get a dude kill when i when i beat that raid boss dude oh man <laughs> You I can't get any higher than that. I hear you. And maybe that's true, man. Maybe I'm just <laughs> totally missing out, man. Uh, but I'm just saying. Like, so do you think uh, escapism has like a viable, uh, like religious escapism has like a viable reality if it's using the right construct? Like if if it, if you're not just, because I think escapism and religion can be bad too. If like, I'm, ref like I'm never going to face my problems. I'm not going to do anything to help this world my only goal is to escape this evil sinful place and get to a better place where there's people who actually like that's a bad way to look at it but I do agree. you think do you think like escapism has a right way to be looked at in like christian yeah. theology oh specifically in christian theology um do you think there's like a right a right way to look at escapism through that like I mean, yeah, I mean, dude, I gotta be honest. I'm so in, in thinking at, in trying to put my 
feet in the shoes of like a Christian. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm so immediate. Like I can't even, I can't even think that way. Like I'm, I'm so where I'm at right now. It's like, I try to put myself in those shoes and I can't think logically. Yeah. That's, that's just the problem I have. Like, is there a logical explanation for that from a Christian viewpoint? From a viewpoint in general, maybe, but I'm just like, without stretching the boundaries of what Christianity is in a lot of ways, I don't, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I'm not saying that like Christianity is a black and white thing completely. I mean, even as a Christian, like I don't see that video games are inherently wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in some in, people too right right like in that regard i would agree but then did you again, ever get the talk huh did you ever get the talk about video games from you know who at the old church uh kind of not like yes did, and no did you get the candy crush talk yes i got the candy crush talk <laughs> oh my gosh dude so there was a certain someone at our old church that was supposedly addicted to candy crush so much to where they made it an idol and they forever sacrificed it to the lord never to pick it up again therefore all video games are evil therefore any video game that you get attached to is an idol and you need to not do it so next time i eat a grapefruit and i'm like man this is really good i might want to do this again i need to be like oh that's just (laughs) that's an idol you need to throw it away button it yeah button it button it (laughs) good braveheart reference (laughs) i like it but dude, I'm just like, but that's that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about, though. Like, I know that not everyone's that way, but it's just so hard. Like, there, there's obviously a lot that I cling to, um, or maybe it's not obvious, but there, there is a lot that I cling to spiritually that still is right there in the Christian club. Yeah. Even down to what Jesus taught himself, you know, but I'm just like, I, I like what Ryan said. Um, in the last podcast that you had him on, what was that? Where he said, uh, you know, there are certain things that I completely believe in, you know, he's like the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, Uh huh. that kind of thing. But he's like, there's other aspects that I'm just not really even going to speak toward. You know, he was basically like oral traditions translated, you know, I, I'm just, I'm not, they may be true, they may not be, you know, and I'll be honest, that encouraged me a little bit yeah. because I, one, one of my big stumbling blocks so far with Christianity has been, um, and we've talked about this many times, but it's just been the, uh, the assumption by all Christians that aspects of the Old Testament in particular, but even the New Testament are to be taken you know, literally and stuff, or credibly. But the more that I look at Leviticus, for instance, and old Jewish law, the more that I'm convinced that the God that I know, I mean, and I'm not claiming to know him well, but the God that I've experienced, I just don't see him in Leviticus. Yeah. You know, I I just don't see how... Jesus being the manifest, and, and Ryan said this exactly. This is part of what encouraged me. 
Ryan believes in the Jesus of the gospel. And he's not necessarily saying that Jesus of the gospel, is, being God, is the God of that is described in Leviticus. Yeah. Like, when I see Jewish law, and I'm not, and I'm not even specifically talking about, like, Ten Commandments. Like, Ten Commandments are a lot easier for me to... To accept then a Well, there's lot like a hundred and there's, freaking no, there's 50 s- Jewish laws, yeah. 600 some. 600? It's like 613 plus 10. That's ridiculous. Something like that. Joseph will probably prove me wrong on that, but it's 600 something. And well, you got Josie boy. I, I read a lot of those that the, the, the reasons they give, you know, maybe I'm the arrogant one, but... Also, maybe I'm just trying to think logically and morally so that I can understand what is right and wrong. Yeah. (laughs) And the judgments cast on people for doing very basic things don't seem to line up with justice. Like, the the laws when it comes to clean and unclean food, some of them don't make an ounce of sense. And a lot of atheists would go to say that proof that the bible at least leviticus is not inspired by god is that it says that rabbits chew the cud therefore they are unclean animals well it's been scientifically proven apparently that rabbits do not chew the cud it looks like they do when they eat but they don't so if that's the only scriptural basis why they're unclean then either it's all crap or that specific part was not inspired by god mm-hmm. so that's that's just where i'm at is it's like i'm not wanting to throw the bible away i just really want to read it correctly and i'm frustrated if god is allowing certain aspects of his inspired word to be corrupted by aspects that aren't inspired yeah and i don't want to turn that frustration toward god in anger or confusion in that sense, I want to turn it toward him as like, I question you so that I can know you. You know, I feel like, why is there this stumbling block for me when I'm trying to know you? If you are there trying to have a relationship with me, if this is an experiential relationship with Jesus, why is this difficult? Yeah. You know, why am I reaching out with logic to better understand something that's supposed to be completely sensible and true? And everything tells me it's not, you know, I, that's just, that's where my struggle is right now. Just being completely out in the open. Like, yeah, my balls are just like drying in the wind right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's some tough stuff to work through. Yeah, it is. Know? Yeah. And you know, I'm right there. I mean, I'm like, I've definitely got a lot of stuff that I'm working through too. I think I've based off like how this last week has gone for me. I think I've got, I don't know, more of an encouragement this last week to follow God. It's been really cool. I'd say the same. Just but just obviously, to I've podcast and st- talking to Ryan. I'm yeah, encouraged, and to- I know you. the The way you talk sometimes seems kind of pessimistic, but you're definitely not that way. No, so. no. Like I just, I more than anything else, though, I have optimistic sides of myself and potentially pessimistic. I, I really don't feel like I'm pessimistic very much at all. I, I really just feel like I'm like here's here's the facts and then logic and facts yeah i'm just like here's the facts and then here's the facts that we don't know 
Mm-hmm. And if that leads me to kind of a bummer conclusion, then there's a bummer conclusion. It's not me being a pessimist. It's just yeah. me thinking that this is the most real, re- you know, aspect of whatever we're talking about. But then there's other things, you know, I said earlier, like I'm hopeful that my life and the things that I've assumed about God aren't fake. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm very hopeful. Like, I still have a strong bias toward Christianity, toward Jesus, you know, not just for the sake of my family and friends and stuff, but for my own future. And for looking back on my past and not being like, why the fuck did I waste my life? Yeah. You know, like, that's that's kind of where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Like, I don't. Let's figure it out. Yeah. And let's, let's do figure what's, it out. And do let's what's accurate. And that's, and, that's, yeah. and that's what I said earlier is like, I'm glad for better or worse. I don't think it's for worse. I'm glad that you are maybe starting to get some roots dug down a little deeper than you have recently. Yeah. Because that's steps in a direction. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I hate to see anyone just sitting where they're at. Exactly. And I just, that's, that's a big problem I have. And, and I, I love certain people that I've talked to recently, but a certain conversation I had that, the more I think about it, the more I get a little bit of a little bit frustrated for the sake of them is that I just don't want to accept that somebody is in a place of so much certainty that they're just going to sit there the rest of their life and accept something because of X, Y, Z reasons. And they're never giving themselves the opportunity again, past a certain point in life to question something. Yeah. And I'm just like, if the Apostle Paul was unwilling to question his beliefs, again, maybe this is arrogance, but I don't want to even read his letters. Yeah. And 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 that's that's part of that's part of the the struggle I have with reading the Bible anymore, is I feel like it's so certain everyone that's writing in the Bible, except for like the psalmists, are so certain all the time. Yeah. That it's just like I I I have a hard time respecting where you're at. Dude, I honestly where I'm at I guess it's not where I'm at. It's where I feel like everything would be easy to be at. And I guess it's kind of scary because I guess it almost sounds like universalism, but it's like wait, can we just stop fighting over I mean, it's literally yeah. for thousands and thousands of years we've just fought over who's right and wrong on a spiritual essence on an intellectual essence on a philosophical essence like can we all just shut up and stop fighting each other and stop like everyone stop claiming to be the holder of truth because clearly there are different ways to look at this but can we just cool it and at least i wish there was just a way for everyone to not hurt each other yeah and still believe what they believe exactly yeah speaking of uh people not hurting each other or speaking offensively. Do you want to hear uh, Ray Comfort's reaction to Stephen Hawking? Yes, <laughs> please, please. I want to get riled up before we end this. Okay. Okay. If and I got something to say about him in a moment. I'm, I'm just going to I don't want to talk bad about a brother, but I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll be realistic. I won't, I won't be pessimistic, but I'll be realistic. Yep. Go for it. I'm just going to read this word for word. Just so you guys know, I'm not, um, exaggerating anything christian apologist and founder of living waters ministry ray comfort said he was attacked by some of hawking's followers after sharing a link to the news of his death in his words 
I posted a link to a secular news article on my Facebook page. It was big news and, of course, very sad. On the top of the news item, I put in another link to one of our free films that have been selling, that have been seen by millions. It was, it just said evolution versus God. Nothing else was stated. Comfort explained. So, upon sharing the passing of Stephen Hawking, used it to promote his his right. video that is seen by millions called Evolution versus God. Right. Which obviously Stephen Hawking didn't believe in. Right. But nothing else was stated, he said. <laughs> which I would recommend that anybody listening that hasn't seen Evolution versus God give it a watch. It's not very long. It it is good to. It's very one sided and very it's, set it's up. It's very one sided. It's a little set up, but some of it makes sense. But I think I think there's a lot of legitimate points there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Further for furthermore, to my surprise, he added, my page was flooded with angry atheists who were abusing me with comments <laughs> that would make a cat's tail curl. Who says that? <laughs> well, he's like Australian. That's probably like something. Aussie okay. <clears throat> to my surprise. My page is flooded with angry atheists who were abusing me with comments that would make a cart's tail curl. Yeah. That sound good? Yeah, pretty good, actually. Okay, first of all... Okay, never mind. Okay. Comfort likened Hawking to a holy prophet for those who believed in his teachings and grieved that now his anti-God teachings would become more popular. As a Christian, he says, I believe Stephen Hawking had great worth. He was given life by God, made in his image. His books will now take off even more and his crazy ideas about living on mars will be seen as a divine his and guiding ideas. light his crazy ideas about things that might scientifically be plausible yes and a guiding light in a forever darkened world comfort concluded despite being diagnosed in 1962 with amyo amyotrophic lateral sciurosis also known as lou gehrig's disease huh let's just call it that Hawking's outlived his two-year life expectancy by 55 years. However, not even the modern miracle of defying the odds would convince Hawking that there was something greater at work. Instead, he credited his family, friends, and colleagues for his life during an interview with BBC last summer. In a, th in a 2014 interview with El Mundo, Hawking revealed why he does not believe in God. <clears throat> in, the, in the past... Before we understood science, it was logical to believe that God created the universe. But now science offers a more convincing explanation. What I mean when I say that, what I mean when I say that we would know the mind of God was that we would understand everything that God would be able to understand if it existed. But there is no God. I am an atheist. Religion believes in miracles, but they are not compatible with science, he said. After news of his end broke on Wednesday, his family confirmed that he died peacefully at his home in Cambridge, England, which is good. Now, I want to talk about Ray Comfort, because obviously it's super sad, and maybe we can talk a little bit more, and if we need to, we can break this podcast up into two different parts, yeah. um, or just post it as one big one. But if we want to get more downloads and more hits on iTunes, we'll break it up into <laughs> 20 parts. Okay. Post them all. Okay. Anyways... Uh, we'll get into why he doesn't believe in God in a minute, which I think has some validity to it. And it's kind of plausible, I think. Um, but yeah. with Ray, with Ray Comfort, man, come on, dude. Like, bro, like you posted a link of this guy's death, tagged it with your freaking 
Christian apolog- apolog- apolitics, apologetics. Yeah. I would call it a politics because he's, he's pretty political about his stuff. But anyways, with his Christian apologetics stuff. I can't listen to him long enough to notice. <laughs> with his, he tagged it with his Christian apologetic stuff. And then to his surprise, his page was flooded with angry atheists. Which literally, if you go to his Facebook page, it says, if you're atheist, don't post here. Are you serious? Yeah, go to his Facebook page. He says, if you're atheist and you post something angry, you will be blocked from this page. Or like if you post something that doesn't – that I don't agree with or that isn't a Christian doctrine, you will be removed from this page. So, I mean, for I've never – even when I was a Christian, caught up in the whole evangelical scene, was never a fan of Ray Comfort. His teaching is just too militant and he's so opposed to atheists. And even when you – when you watch his, his – uh, even when you watch his videos and such, like – he never addresses it in love. It's always – it's very transcribed. It's it's very thorough and it's very against atheism. I don't know. He just do- – he doesn't seem like he's very nice towards atheist or atheism and then he yeah, goes on the it, defensive. It literally says right here, atheist colon cuss parentheses including quote unquote BS – Mock even slightly, fail to give God or Jesus caps, <laughs> and you will be banned. And then, get this, it gets, <laughs> it gets better. It gets better. What? Fail to give God caps? Or Jesus. Or caps. Jesus. What about him? You will be banned. <laughs> then he says, thank you for understanding. No. Bro, I... I don't understand I still all. to this day... Cap God and Jesus myself. Oh my goodness. And I think that's complete bullcrap. <laughs> like, okay, the very first thing you read on his page is that. So me, let's assume that I'm like an open-minded agnostic who might be swayed to believe what he would say, see that, and I'm immediately like, nope, bye. You know what I'm saying? In the same way, like, the way that he teaches, you know, the way he evangelizes. Okay, if I'm going to a school of biology, I'm an agnostic or an atheist, whatever, and he comes up to me with a freaking film crew and is like, do you believe in God? Well, you don't want to go to hell, do you? Blah, 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 blah. Why do you believe what you believe? Okay, first off, you're totally throwing me on the spot. I don't know if you're putting me on the news, if you're putting, like... Exactly. You come up to me you with come your up to me with freaking with your preconceived crap. questions and a camera in my face. You completely have an agenda. Exactly. You will not probably put this on your video DVD if I make you, a logical if point. If I make a logical point. Exactly. So everyone that Because there had to be people who made logical points. Probably. He made every atheist just sound like a total yeah. uneducated naive person which or angry he just recorded the angry ones i think a lot of them were angry (laughs) well no a lot of them are angry and a lot of them were just like oh wow i've never thought about that before maybe you're right yeah it was like two extremes but what you didn't have was the people that had like logical answers and even the people that did have some probably somewhat correct understanding of what like evolution is he 
turned their words against them by saying, oh, so we're fish. <laughs> and then because they're frustrated, they're like, of course we're fish. Really, but what they meant is we are, after billions of years, evolved from fish. Of course, we're yeah. no longer fish. So, like, whether you believe that or not, the point is, I don't think that that's ever, like, a fruitful way. Like, I highly no, doubt that a single one of those people got in contact with him or his people afterwards and was like, hey, I think you're right. Can you disciple me? Yeah. Like, I highly doubt that. They probably heard from some friends that they were on some crazy Christian movie like a year later and watched it and were just ashamed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it probably pushed them even further away from God. Exactly. Dude, yeah, like I've never been a fan of Ray Comfort. He's just too, he's too much, man. I don't understand how you're ever, I don't understand how, like what is your thinking? Like you, you just want to piss off atheists to the point where they believe or you just want to piss them off to the point where you can prove yourself right. I mean, it's a it's a classic like Big Brother move. Like, yeah. I'm a, I'm gonna get you all riled up, and then when you hit me, I'm gonna tell mom. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm man. gonna prove that I'm the bigger person because look, you're the one getting a temper. I'm not. I'm not doing anything. I'm right. just. And I'm talking use, to you. They use so many scriptures, you know, and, yeah. and concepts and scriptures to defend what they're doing. Like, oh well, I'm just like John the Baptist. Repent or perish. You know, do your thing. I, I'm not here to say anything else. I'm just here to preach the truth and love, supposedly. And yeah. your blood's off my hands at that point. I don't care if you make heaven or hell or not. I just want to make sure I'm good. And make a good movie while I'm at it. And, yeah, make some money while I'm at it. Yeah. So I don't have to work a real job. I like how he put my video that's had millions, millions of views. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And it's like crazy but i i watched um a video on his youtube channel which i Why? couldn't even finish <laughs> i mean I, I got maybe 10 minutes in it was probably 45 minutes long i just i had to stop and it was it, it piqued my interest though like it was on my watch later playlist for a while and it was um something to the effect of like um defending the canaanite slaughter or something like oh, that. Oh my goodness. So I was like, I gotta watch this, right? That's something that you would watch. Like, I gotta watch this. <laughs> and because that's also a huge stumbling block for me. Yeah. To be honest. Understanding the truth of what that is and getting to the character of God through it. You know, I it, if that is all true, I gotta find a, a way to reason my view of God with that God. But anyway, um, I I don't know. I can't reason with that kind of God. Well, that's that's exactly where I'm at is I'm I'm hesitant to even call myself a Christian at this point, because if I cannot lean on the scriptures that Jesus leaned on, am I really following him? Yeah. You know, so that's that's kind of my thing. But but not to digress, like I um watch this thing on the Canaanite slaughter or whatever and they were they were basically just saying they were all evil so they all died <laughs> and there's a lot more to it probably I, I don't really remember but that's the gist of what I got that's just stupid is, is like and they were so heartless in the way they communicated it like, escapism there were there were like three people 
That's like militant escapism right there. Yeah. There were like three people that were describing this. And the one dude in particular, Ray Comfort, wasn't even the worst. There was this other dude that was like, are you freaking kidding me, bro? Like, who even are you? But I mean, like, I mean, we're nobody probably in comparison to that guy. But (laughs) still, I didn't know who this guy was. I mean, notoriety doesn't matter if you've got a fucked up mindset. Right. But like, it's all relative. But I'm just saying, like, I didn't know who this guy was. Didn't really matter. His viewpoint was bad. And the way he expressed it was even worse. Yeah. And I just like, there's so much legitimate, well-meaning, pure-hearted concern on behalf of atheists that is met by a cold shoulder and a blank stare by Christians, even ones that are well-known for being scholars and scientists and evangelists evangelist and-, and people professing and claiming miracles and all this stuff. And it's like, I am willing to believe, but if God is who you are representing him as, uh, I'm not saying he's not real, but I'm saying it's going to be very hard for me to be willing to come underneath him. And again, I know that from a certain humanistic standpoint, that is very arrogant, but I'm, for the first time in life, really beginning to understand why some people believe in God but are not Christians? Why some people believe the Bible but are not Christians? If anything, that's probably where I would put myself right now. I'm at a place right now where I definitely cannot say that I don't believe in God. Right. I have to say right. 100% that I believe in God, but I don't know if I would align myself with that camp of Christianity. I definitely don't align myself with that camp of Christianity. Even if I call myself a Christian, you know, which I, at this point I do loosely, you know, and I'm not even sure that I should do that. You know, maybe I'm just not, maybe I'm just agnostic at this point, but I just, yeah. um, But then again, I don't like to say that I'm an agnostic because that seems to hint at the fact that I'm not spiritual, but I am, Yeah. you know, I like, I do pray to God. I do worship God, you know, I think favorably toward him and the things that I've experienced of him in my life. I meditate, you know, I do things that spiritual people do. So I'm not agnostic in the sense that I'm a spiritual. I'm just honest with the fact that I don't know that I'm honest (laughs) with the fact that I believe in God. There's a lot of shit that I don't know, but what I do know is that Christians suck. That's where I'm, I I don't want to single Christians out because a lot of other people suck too. You know, just like Ben said, you know, like we, there's just as many jerks in the atheist camp as there are the Christian camp, you know, and it's totally true. Um, You know, but again, what kind of intrigues me about Eastern religion, not saying they got it all together, but I think there's a lot we can learn from them, is that they seem to be way, way, way more peaceful people. Yeah. They seem to have a way healthier understanding of social religion yeah. than Western religion does. I'm multitasking right now. I know you are. He's playing PUBG over here. <laughs> and I, I'm just and like, being a theologian. Yeah. I'm a theologian with the motherfucking AKM, dude. <laughs> <laughs> what? So What, son? I watched a video from a guy. Uh, his channel is called... Um, Better Call Saul? Uh, Koi's Corner. Uh, Vishuddha Das, and he's a Caucasian, probably late 20s male, 
um, super kind of, you know, hipster type guy, but not in the sense of like a, not, not hipster. He's more hippie. Um, very, very, you know, cool guy, whatever. Very nice, you know, personality. But anyway, he, he's a, he's a very spiritual person in the sense of Eastern religion. Um, he's a form of Hindu. I don't remember. And I subscribe to him, and I watch most of his videos. Pretty interesting. Definitely don't believe in everything he believes in, but it's good for learning's sake. But he put out a video recently that I watched that um, was basically him saying why I left Christianity, which before this, I didn't realize he was formerly a Christian. Okay. Um, so I've actually watched quite a few videos like that recently of like yeah, me people who actually conver- converted or like just deconverted to atheism. Yeah, for instance. Well, what's what's interesting about this guy is, you know, he he basically gave his testimony of how he grew up in America. Um, he still lives in America, but like he he grew up in America, normal Christian Caucasian household. I don't know what state he grew up in, but I'm assuming it was pretty similar in experience to us, or or at least me. Yeah, you know, maybe you you were a little different than myself, but I came from a very staunch Christian family, so going to church and Christian school all the time. And um, that was him, too. And, and he said until he was about 12 or 13, he just blindly accepted that faith. Um, but when he started to think critically and ask questions from his pastor, he was just shut down. You know, basically, like, you don't have enough faith. You need to stop giving in to the devil, and you need to believe, you know. And um, that turned him away, and he started looking into other you know, religions and he, I mean, that pushes more people away than you think. Oh, that kind of mindset. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, it wasn't just that he was butthurt that he found himself, you know, 10, 15 years later, a Hindu. It was because that hurt and confusion and pain and lack of answers led him to seeking answers elsewhere. And so even if you remove the pain that he went through, there was still logical reasons for him to find truth elsewhere. And it's just like when, you know, one of the reasons he followed Eastern religion past a certain point is that he really realized that there is a lot of room for questioning your faith in Eastern religion. Um, in fact, uh, the, he quoted a very well-renowned like monk or whatever within Buddhist or, or Hindu faith. That basically said, like, without doubting, your faith cannot be made complete. Yeah. Like, you cannot reach enlightenment unless you've hit times of your life where you've doubted that it's all real. Yeah. Which is exactly where we've been at and what we've been saying, but from, like, a post-Christian aspect rather than, like, a Eastern religion aspect, so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, probably wrap this up. Yeah, it's probably a good time to wrap this up. I told Ryan I'd be playing with him at 9, and it's like 9.30 now. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, it's been a good episode, man. Um, I've really enjoyed this. A little bit all over the place. Yeah, it's been cool talking about Stephen Hawking's, Ray Comfort, uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. Escapism was cool. I was not planning I, on getting into a theological discussion yeah, that, today. Yeah, that is pretty cool, actually. I, I would like to, maybe next time I'm on, do uh, a live thing, and we can plan it out like... 
to yeah. the hour so that people know like we can we can advertise it in yeah, advance yeah. so that people know exactly what time they need to tune in. Yeah, I will just uh, let people know on the Facebook page. And when I'd we like plan to do that. I'd like to do a Q&A. Like yeah, that'd be cool. Have basically have no topic. Just well, I've been thinking okay, we can talk more about this yeah. off off the podcast, but I want to set up like more of a schedule. Um yeah. say if we're doing like a multiple podcast a week, we could do like Tuesdays or Wednesdays, like Q and A night, and then we'll have topics that we do on certain days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just d- putting a little bit more structure to the actual podcast, I think would be it would be helpful and it would be awesome, and and I think it would just help kind of like grow the fan base a little bit and help people interact more with it. So yeah. Anyways, and real quick, um, yeah, that's a great idea. I think we need to definitely do that because I'd like to, you know, just find more and more ways to get people involved. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and there's things that people are going to be asking that we probably never think to talk about. For sure. So There's been tons know, of those already. And there's probably a lot of things that like we've said that people don't understand exactly what we mean and might want to get some clarification because that's good too. Yeah. Um, but a uh, quick reminder, if anybody hasn't gotten tickets to Judah and the Lion. Oh, yeah, we're doing that go, Thursday. Is it? What next Thursday? No, this Thursday. This Thursday. What? Like in three days, we'll be going to the show. Yeah. What's that date? Uh, twenty ninth. I I know because I no 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 the twenty second. Twenty second. Yeah. Dang, it's already the nineteenth. Yeah, you're right. Twenty second. Yeah. Oh, it's the twenty second. Oh, cool. My dentist appointment's on the twenty ninth. Then. All right. So I don't have a dentist appointment and a show on the same day. Something going on the twenty ninth too. But it doesn't matter because Junior and the Lions this Woo! Thursday. Holy crap. Yeah, baby. Get your tickets. $25 a piece. If they're not sold out already, I had no guarantees. I don't I'll, know. I'll have Ben put a link to the ticket seller. He found it for $25 a piece. I was only able to find them for like $45 a piece. And I'm like, eh, screw that, dude. Yeah. But yeah. So it's uh, like $35 after tax and there's a service charge and all that shit. So anyways, if you guys want to go, man or woman... Caucasian or Asian? Huh? Like what I did there? Uh-huh. I do like <laughs> what you did there. They both end with similar... Jin. Asian. They both end with they Asian. Both end with in. Yen, <laughs> right? Or uh, A-N. Asian. It, it's Caucasian. Caucasian, Asian, Asian woman. Bro, if men. I was half... Dude, if I was like half Asian, I would call myself the Caucasian Asian. <laughs> oh my goodness dude my mind is blown right now all right guys we're gonna I, head out of I here i really hate you so much <laughs> once again like i said at the beginning hey go join our facebook group join the facebook club we've had a few people join this last week so it's been really cool we're up to like 130 people there so go join it interact with us please go to itunes give us a review because that's going to help us extramentally exponentially exponentially and also this has nothing to do with anything, but just because I love you. <laughs> excremently. If you, yeah, excremently, yeah. If you've not heard Under Oath's new single from their album that's going to be released next month. Sorry, called, I can't go to that show. Called Tickets On My so Teeth. Expensive. You need to check it out. Under Oath, On My Teeth, I believe it's called. Freaking great. On My I'm, Teeth. I'm, I'm so proud of them. On My On My Teeth. <laughs> teeth. No, on my teeth. Yeah, check it out. It's freaking, freaking baller. <laughs> on my teeth. They're going to be, in, I think, in Fort Wayne in May. Oh, that's not till May? 
Yeah, dude. It's a ways away. Bro, I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought dude, it was like freaking relatively soon. They're about to sell out. We need to get tickets like now. All right, let's order them now. Dude, All right, guys, I we're going to... I literally will pay you like by the end of the week. Okay. Like the next time I can physically get to you. I have the money. Okay. I've just been lazy. I just haven't picked we're up. Going to that, we're going to under the show, people, if you want to join that. Okay, I'm going to stop because we're just ranting. No one's listening at this point. Yeah, they are. We love, love you guys. All right. Like I said before, join the community. Go to iTunes. Blah, 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 blah. The same stuff I said. I need to just make a recorded message and play it at the end of the podcast. Nah. Anyways, hey, love you guys. See ya. Bye.